0: Hi everyone, uh, Eric from Hit Subscribe here and um, I am continuing, continuing, continuing uh, mm-hmm. to roll along in this series I'm doing where I'm asking questions that uh, people uh, largely are authors and the author pool I ask about freelancing, moonlighting and, and, and getting started with a business. So today's question has to do with lawyers. Um, so during the course of starting to moonlight or, or be a freelancer, um, I got some questions around like when should you hire a lawyer? Uh, when shouldn't you? What do you absolutely need one for? What do you absolutely not need one for? Um, so I'm going to dive into that a little bit in kind of freewheeling fashion because uh, in full disclosure, I didn't really prepare any notes or anything, but that's okay. I have opinions on this. I do want to say upfront that um, I have a lot of applied experience and um, I'm going to bring that to bear for the conversation. But I also want to categorize myself for your sake when it comes to risk in business. And the reason I'm saying this is so that if you're cautious and you like the security of, say, having um, a lawyer look things over maybe more than me, you'd want to bear that in mind. I am fairly um, risk non-averse when it comes to matters legal, meaning that um, I tend to err on the side of not dealing with lawyers for stuff. Uh, number one, and this is a topic for another day, I really don't like uh, vendors that bill by the hour, and that's kind of all lawyers do. Uh, number two, I have historically found that people often um, kind of gravitate towards um, precaution when they don't really understand exactly what's going on. And there are a lot of situations I've found, like uh, contract review and stuff, that, um, that I think I can handle pretty well on my own. So that being said, um, compared to the average person, I'm less inclined than most to call a lawyer. Uh, I will try to give this kind of a, just a general uh, treatment, um, bearing that in mind. But uh, you should know that. So uh, with that in mind, let's dive into this. Um, when would I suggest you get in touch with a lawyer, and when not? What do you need them for, etc. So I guess let's start with founding your business. Um, when it comes to founding your business, you will need to um, incorporate with the state um, if you choose to go that route. Uh, you could also, and I believe I've talked about this in another video. You could be a sole proprietor. But when you're getting started with your business, uh, I wouldn't bother uh, with a lawyer for that. The paperwork is um, pretty easy. Well, it's not even paper these days, but like I I literally, um, I'll post this in the comments if I remember, but I have a video of me actually incorporating uh, a Michigan LLC, like where I went through all the things and I registered with Michigan and then I got an employer identification number. So you can watch that video of me doing it in like 20 minutes and you could replicate that. So just in terms of navigating the complexities and stuff, you you don't need a lawyer for that. Um, Where I would suggest getting a lawyer or legal representation of some kind in particular is if you aren't doing an LLC. um, So if you're forming a corporation, a C-corp, and you're going to have an operating agreement and you're going to issue shares of stock and some of these more complex things, And um, and or you are going into business with other people and um, you're going to have an agreement for that. I'd contact a lawyer about that. You want to get all of that buttoned up because, hey, when you know you and your two friends are thinking of starting a business and wouldn't this be fun? Sure, it's all fun Uh, years from now. And hopefully there's hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars at stake. Uh, Not as fun. And if you haven't had somebody who can kind of well represent all of you, kind of take care of that, uh, you could be in for some trouble there. So when it comes to starting your business, sole proprietor, LLC, if it's just you as a freelancer, don't bother with a lawyer, I'd say. Uh, If you are forming a partnership or something more formal than that, then you should. I I will also say if you're starting an LLC, you can go to something like LegalZoom, I think. Uh, There are services where short of hiring a full-on lawyer with a $400 an hour hourly rate – uh, you can get some help with starting a business. I think a lot of that is available as a product I service. So um, if you feel like you're in over your head, you know, go consult someone, but it's really not too hard. So that's uh, starting a business. Now, if you're moonlighting, here's another interesting use case that I ran into once myself. Um, I was working for a company. What was I doing? I had been moonlighting and I changed jobs. And there was a company that... Um, presented me with some kind of non-compete. So to set the stage, I'm working, I'm doing things. I think I was making videos for Pluralsight.com as a side hustle. I switched jobs. I took a position, and um, they were asking me to sign a form of non-compete that would, by my reading, have precluded me from doing my side hustle. And I actually uh, consulted with an attorney and paid to have the attorney review that agreement with my prospective employer and actually mark it up And I came back to them and counterproposed, hey, uh, here's some markup of this non-compete you want me to sign that's less restrictive, and they agreed to it. So um, if there is friction with some kind of legal agreement between your employer and the stuff you're going to do on the side as a moonlighter, that's territory where I would consult an attorney. Because what you don't want to do is start some kind of moonlighting practice and have that run legally afoul of your employer Now, again, this is me not being very risk-sensitive when it comes to this stuff. I don't think your employer is is going to, like, sue you to take ownership of your side hustle. Your danger there is getting fired. Um, I, I would be utterly shocked if any employer incurred the legal expense of coming after you for your blogging side hustle. Like, it would just be insane, but... Um, what they might do is use that as uh, grounds for termination or something. So you want to get that buttoned up if you're concerned about that employer relationship. Um, And uh, in the use case that I had, too, if you're switching jobs and you have a side hustle, you definitely want to make sure that you're not being forced to abandon that side hustle if said side hustle is important to you. I personally philosophically think it's a garbage thing for an employer to do to try to prevent you from having a side hustle. So, I might actually say, don't work for a company like that, but that's just me. I'll get off my soapbox. Um, so that's kind of business formation as a moonlighter or a freelancer. Once you're operating or at least getting set up to operate, let's talk a little bit about some other things you might think about a lawyer for. Um, I touched on this in the video. I'm used to doing this for YouTube, but anyway. Um, I touched on this in the video I did, I believe, about like what to do and what not to do in starting a business. I would definitely not bother with an with a contract. Um, so when you're getting started and you're um, you're looking to engage with clients, you might think, "Oh, I should have a contract for them to sign." I wouldn't bother. I went into more detail in the other video, which you can check out. But um, the long and short of it is, uh, most of your clients, if if they're businesses and not like individuals, are probably going to have a contract um, that they're going to want you to sign. So if you are looking to do some work for, you know, a Fortune 500 company, and you go to them and say, okay, let's engage. Here's this contract I have all my clients sign. They will laugh at you, and then they will send their entire um, rigmarole contract statement of work, et cetera, over to you and say, we require all vendors we work with to do this. So there will be a lot of situations where the clients will have their own contracts, so it doesn't matter. Um, And then in cases where you don't, The amount of leverage you can exert from a contract is exactly proportionate to the amount of money you can pay lawyers to go uh, enforce it somehow. And for you, that's a big fat zero. So that contract is sound and fury. It doesn't mean anything, because if a client somehow violates your contract, uh, it's not like a magic spell. They can just violate it, and then you're going to have to go retain counsel to go try to get um, compensation for that. And usually as a freelancer, the money we're talking about is so minor that both of you will incur more legal costs than the entire contract. Like if you do $2,000 worth of work, that's like, what, four hours of attorney time? I mean, like by the time all of you even sit down to discuss it in front of a mediator, you've spent more on attorneys than is even an issue in your contract. So I wouldn't bother with contracts when it comes to the kind of moonlighting and freelance work you're doing. Um, Now... Let's talk a little bit more about contracts. So I'm saying you wouldn't bother creating a contract to have for the sake of every engagement that you have. Now, um, if we're talking about the aforementioned client contracts, you may occasionally want to consult an attorney. For me, what I've done over the years is I've got... uh, it's the least awesome skill that I have in my arsenal. But I've gotten fairly proficient at reading client contracts. I have now read so many like consulting um, contractor type client uh, contracts that like I recognize the clauses. And um, over the years, I've kind of developed a sense of what's common and what isn't as I read through a contract. So for me, if I read through a standard consulting agreement, I will um, recognize a lot of this stuff. I'll even mark it up without a lawyer and just send it back to the client and say i'm not signing it with these things in here you by the way you'd be surprised how often that works very often Um, especially if you say look your lawyers are better lawyers than me i'm still not signing it with these clauses in here you would be amazed how much that works anyway um, but you can kind of develop an ability and i mean with legalese if you just slog through it enough it's like doing your taxes like you can understand it after a while If you see anything in there that, you know, seems weird or alarms you, reach out to a lawyer. If it's just stuff like, you know, you're going to do a good job and um, you're uh, affirming that you're not actually an employee of this company, if they're saying that they own the rights to, you know, the content you create for them, things like that, uh, it's generally fine. The thing is, when you're dealing with big companies, they run a lot of people um, through uh, their legal onboarding process, And they want to work with you. They want to do it under certain very um, specific kind of terms that they have a process for. But they don't want to get into, like, arguments with you. And above all, they don't want to really do bad faith things. You might get that with fly-by-night bootstrapped companies or whatever. But if you're dealing with, like, established mid-market and above businesses, they're not going to stiff you. They're not going to do wrong by you, by and large. Um, So I wouldn't really incur that kind of expense as a brand-new business owner. Um, so when it comes to contracts, review them yourself. If you're uncomfortable, consult someone. Um, don't bother drawing up your own. That's kind of my, my take on all that. Um, now, in terms of consulting an attorney, the place where I would absolutely do it every time is if you're engaged with a client and they start making noise about some kind of legal action, a cease and desist, a suit, anything like that. There I flip around and I would say, go talk to somebody immediately, like, don't negotiate that on your own behalf. If somebody who has a lot more financial resources than you do starts making noise about legal action, that's the time to, you know, be a little bit worried. So uh, I would I would consult an attorney at least about that. Um, so I'm trying to think of other common scenarios that people might think about consulting an attorney. Um. Most of them, like if I look back where I've enlisted and engaged attorneys, um, it usually deals with things that are not such beginner topics. Like, so for instance, um, I've consulted attorneys often when I've taken on employees or started to take on contractors um, when, you're, when you're paying people and you have like a whole new flavor of liability. So you can um, get some agreements drafted there. Uh, one place where, you know, so if you're a freelancer and you're starting to do a similar service with a similar kind of client and you um, are finding that they have you sign client agreements that are kind of frictional or a poor fit um, for the nature of the work you're doing so for instance uh, a lot of times our clients of hit subscribe will send over what's called a consultant agreement and it's it's just because that's what they have on file but it's an agreement that's intended for like an individual software engineer or something to go work at their site so there's like provisions in there about carrying insurance in case you slip and fall when you're on site. There's provisions in there about like their work product and their source code. And all of that is kind of nonsense. So it becomes sort of frictional when they give us this contract and I go through it or at times if I've had a lawyer go through it and mark it up and negotiate, like that's silly. And um, the reason they're doing it is because they want a contract, not because they want that contract. So if you find something like that happening, then maybe you go and invest in a client contract so that when they come with that contract, you can come back and say, look, I understand all of your concerns. In fact, I've thought of them. And here's this contract that I have. So that is kind of an exception to the rule, but that's some pretty like advanced placement stuff. If you're watching this video for like a beginner business or freelancer tips, that's a ways down the line. It's a good problem to have. Um, so yeah, in general around legal stuff, I, I, I tend to think that people... Um, worry kind of panic and novelty and head in that direction uh, faster than they need to. I will say that um, do some, you know, homework. Like if you encounter a situation, go out and research or, you know, get into a, a Slack, like we're actually doing this in the hit subscribe Slack. I'm going to create like a um, ask business questions here, like ask people, is this a situation where you'd bring in an attorney, like get that feedback consult with people um, and kind of make your own determination. I think that people, when it's unknown, tend to want to do that and often wind up doing and maybe spending money when it's not necessary. I also think there's a tendency for new business owners to want to do all the formal things. Like I think of when I first incorporated a business, gosh, like 11 years ago now or something, I um, uh, I, I like made business cards. Like I did all these things that were frankly silly in retrospect. And I I'm, I don't remember, I might've talked to an attorney and been like, hey, I'm in business, like, there's this feeling that you have to kind of um, do a whole bunch of like formal things to go into business, Uh, you know, so like, you probably don't need an attorney. Um, What I will close with is this as a suggestion. Um, When you get started, don't go enlisting an attorney for your you know, freelancing, moonlighting practice or whatever, don't draw a contract, don't do all that. One thing I would suggest, though, is go out and figure out and maybe even talk to a few attorneys and identify the one that you do want to call when something goes wrong. Because if you get a client contract, like if you're if you made a proposal to a client that you're excited about, and they come back with a contract, and the contract kind of spooks you and you're not sure what to do, you don't want to compound that stress in that moment with also, you know, going and Googling like attorneys in my area or something. So I, that's a bit of closing advice I'd have is is that kind of optionality. Identify an attorney and know what you would do and who you would call when you encounter something that makes you uncomfortable. Um, so do that and be prepared, but then err on the side of not bothering. It's a lot of money and it's often not necessary. So, yeah, that's my uh, take on attorneys. Again, I will bookend this by saying I am fairly – um risk tolerant when it comes to legal matters in business. Your mileage may vary. Other people giving you advice, their mileage may vary. Um, I have never been burned by this. I have enlisted attorneys for a number of things. I have kind of freewheeled it without a safety net plenty of times. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I would knock wood, but it hasn't come back to bite me. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that helps. And I will catch you next time.